Hey, I'm Tiffany Shepes, and you are listening to Don't Go Out There. You heard it. Don't go out there. There's only bad things out there. There's serial killers. There's crazy action figure people. There's puppet people. There's all, there's bears. Don't go out there. But what you should do is listen to this podcast. I'm Tiffany Shepes. Thanks. In a world where zombies, ghosts, serial killers, and vampires all exist. It's Nico, Brian, Mike, and Dustin, and they are all that stand between you and the films that could end the world. Welcome to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Review Podcast. Just want to thank all our fans and listeners. I really appreciate all support. We are joined today by another legend of the genre, with over 150 credits to her name. Known for her roles in Victor Crowley, 12 Monkeys, and the upcoming Killer Babes in the Frightening Film Fiasco, Miss Tiffany Shepes. Thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing? Hey, thanks for having me. This is awesome. I'm so happy. And my, my two favorite people from Florida all on the same <laughs> screen with me. This is exciting. Uh, Miss Shepes, we like to start all of our interviews just by asking, what is it that got you into acting? Oh, man. Um, well, I, I was a kid in New York City that went to a school uh, in Manhattan that was mostly filled with kids that were on Broadway and actor kids and stuff like that. And never in a million years did I think that would be an obtainable dream. Like I was a comic book kid and, you know, I modeled and stuff for comic book covers and stuff like that and did like some indie films. But um, these guys were hardcore. And uh, I was reading, sitting at lunch, and somebody had a paper, and uh, in their paper was an ad for Troma Films, and Troma was casting for a movie called Tromeo and Juliet. And I was like, oh, holy shit, like, they're casting that? Those are the people that did Toxic Avenger and Class of Newcomb High. And so I cut school, and I went down there to the audition, and uh, I think I had, like, a modeling headshot or something like that. And... Uh, I lied a whole bunch. There was like a big, uh, like a, almost like a questionnaire. And it was like, you know, what kind of special skills do you have? And I think the only thing I was doing was like taking commercial acting classes and stuff like that. But I was like, I'm a black belt in karate and jujitsu. And I know how to do this. <laughs> and I, I think I might've said like, I could speak another language. Like all of it was bullshit. Um, and, uh, I just thought that you had to have some special skill. Um, and uh, I auditioned for Peter, the bodyguards of the Capulet family, who had to fight because clearly I knew jujitsu. Oh, clearly. Black belt. Clearly. <laughs> and, um, and they ended up giving me a part. And um, yeah, and so that, that sort of kind of uh, launched that career because if you know anything about trauma, um, they sort of throw themselves at you at conventions. They're, they were sort of like a... a force especially in like the 90s and 2000s um and uh everything i i learned about filmmaking i really truly did learn from the toxic adventure oh that's awesome um and you know our our co-host that couldn't make it is a huge wrestling fan so that's why i even wanted to ask you this question but he's not here so you know he's gonna miss out but i'm still gonna ask you because i want he's i want him to hear it but uh you know, you actually wrestled for women in wrestling or wow as it's abbreviated you know where you were the ted dibiase of uh, yeah. women's wrestling you know can you talk to us so, about that some and he is gonna love this story so <laughs> after i started doing the trauma stuff and then I, I made a couple more horror films in new york 
um, I decided to move out to Los Angeles and there was another thing. It was like an open casting or maybe my agent sent it to me. I don't remember, but it was, it was a casting. If anyone's seen the TV show glow, it is exactly how they, they did that. Like I actually wrote to them a bunch of times, like y'all have this exactly right. And let me come audition for your show, which they never did anyway. Anyway. But so it's like they, they had this casting call and you go out and we went to the forum and there were hundreds and hundreds of girls lined up there and of every shape and size and some cooler than the next and some stronger. And uh, same kind of thing. It's like, I I mean, I had taken jujitsu, but I was nowhere near a black belt. I was just kind of like a street fighting sort of kid and um, went in there and, and talked a bunch of shit about how I loved wrestling, which I did, and loved to fight, which I did, and loved stunts and horror movies. And uh, they were like, dude, you're hired. And my character was Madison, the New York rich bitch, which was essentially like the Ted DiBiase of women of wrestling. And the whole storyline they had written was like, I was going to buy off all my fights and buy people's shit and make them fight for me. <laughs> and uh, and it was it was really, really, really cool. However... We were supposed to fight, um, I believe it was a, a pay-per-view match for like UPN. And for weeks and weeks and weeks we trained and everybody got like their characters down and they got their scripts and we all trained for these fights. And we were promised that insurance was going to come. And like, oh, you know, don't worry, before the first match, like everyone's going to have insurance. It's all, you know, everything's going to be squared away. Right. And right. as the days leading up, that kind of wasn't happening. So the, I think it was the morning or the night before I got all the girls together. I'm like, you guys, like someone's going to get fucked up. Like someone's right. going to get super hurt and we're going to be stuck paying for it or worse. Like you're going to be in the hospital and, and, you know, without any coverage of this, like, it's not, it's not okay. I was like, right. so everyone needs to stick together. I'll be a representative. I'll be like our union representative. <laughs> and uh, all the girls were like, yeah, rah, we got this. Dude walked in. He's like, yeah, we're not getting insurance. I'm like, okay, no problem. And I was stuck standing there like, oh. uh, I got bitches. Like, I told you, if we all walk out, it's going to be okay. And so anyway, I, I, had to, I walked out. And so I actually never fought my first live match for women of wrestling. And in fairness, dudes, it is a little bit of a, like a sore spot in my, in my career. Like, cause I, I, I loved it so much and like I loved wrestling so much and the character was so badass that I think it would have it would have been something really really cool but on principle yeah. I had to yeah. walk out like it was like fuck that you promised something and you didn't deliver and like all these girls busted their asses for you guys you know and that's sort of unfortunate like how that always works right it's like you know the the small person like you know does all the hard work and like the the corporation makes all the money and you know that's just how it is but so so it's kind of one of those what ifs type of things it's kind of yeah. still lingering out there yeah i get that yeah, i mean it's not like i lose any sleep over it you know right. but like talking about it like oh yeah that would have been fucking cool because i bet your ass i would have ran that show <laughs> <laughs> without question even though i i couldn't fight as good as the other girls i would have paid them all off right like isn't that that's, that's right <laughs> Hey, money makes the world go round. <laughs> uh, the hazing, you got to work with one of my personal favorites of the horror genre, Mr. Brad Dorif. Can you talk about working with him and your experience on that film? So 
Working on the hazing was, I mean, first of all, I wanted that part so bad. It was directed by my homeboy, Rolf Konefsky, who did tons of like 80s kind of throwback movies, which are my absolute favorite. And when I read the script for the hazing, I'm like, I need to play this part. And he was like, look, I believe you. I want you to play the part, but the producers don't really feel that way. I was like, what? So I had to audition for it like four times. And uh, kept getting called back, and it was between me and one other girl, and and eventually I got got the role, and um, and that was I think before we knew we had Brad Dourif, so I was like fucking crazy excited to get this part. <laughs> she was just a sort of badass, like this like tough chick, like super kind of feminist, but also just I don't know, she was just really cool, and um, you didn't see a lot of that in those kind of movies at the time, especially like the indie stuff and like you know the early two thousands. Um, they don't know. She was just really cool and strong and like didn't need like a dude to protect her. And um, so when we got Brad Dourif. I was like, are you kidding me? Like Brad Dourif, like one flew over a cuckoo's nest, Brad Dourif and voice of Chucky. And they're like, oh, yeah. And you get possessed by him. Oh, yeah. And he's going to do an English accent. And I'm like, what? English accent. <laughs> <laughs> so now I have to do an English accent pretending to be Brad Dourif. Fuck. But um, <laughs> He, he was such a pro that uh, he was like, look, I know I kind of threw this on you guys. Um, let's, you know, I'll, I'll record my voice for you. I'll, I'll hook you up. Like, and so we kind of met together and, and rehearsed it together. And I got like some of his mannerisms down. And, and it, was, it was a pretty big compliment because when the movie came out, the reviews were really good. And a lot of them had questioned if it was my voice when I get possessed. And it totally was. I mean, they toyed with like the levels in sound mixing afterwards to kind of like lower me a little bit, sound more possessed. But uh, I was like, let's get a pat on the back. (laughs) But yeah, he was, he was really cool. It really was, it was a definite highlight of my career. I mean, like I was saying before, it's like, I was just a fan of horror films, you know? And, and so a lot of the people that I now have worked with, you know, because I started so young, like I also grew up watching so it, it's it's a it's a strange strange business to be in in those regards. I, I definitely get that for sure. Um, you know, sp- speaking of uh, personal heroes and growing up watching people, I mean, you you we've had Kane Hodder on the show, and you know we we've we've actually scheduled Felissa Rose two or three times, but her schedule is just ridiculously busy. So uh, we haven't yeah, so we haven't had her on just yet. But um, you know you've worked with both of them obviously in numerous projects, Victor Crowley being one of them. Um, you know, but you guys do a podcast called Casualty yeah. Fridays. So how, how did that come about? Can you tell us about that? Man, we don't have nearly as many episodes as you guys have, uh, predominantly because my co-hosts can never get their schedules together. Damn it. <laughs> uh, um, but no, the the podcast. So Felissa and I had been friends for years and years and years and, and same with Kane and I. But Felissa and I had always talked about doing a podcast or doing a show or, you know, let's let's like we would just kind of toy around with different ideas all the time. Um, the problem is just kind of doing something with all those ideas. So a buddy of ours, uh, another trauma alumni, Matt Mandarides came to us and was like, look, have this idea. You guys should do a podcast and it should be you and Felissa and Kane Hodder. And I was like, all right, that'd be dope. Like, sure. What, what should we do? And he's like, I don't know. You guys should just talk. <laughs> and I'm like, so did you come to me with this idea or am I doing the idea? Like, what, what do we do? You know, but uh, 
we kind of, we literally just got on a phone call that day. And as I was on the phone, I'm like, yo, it should be called casualty Friday. And everyone's like, holy shit. And it just, I don't know. It's just three friends fucking around. And, um, Fangoria at the time, uh, wanted to have original programming. And so we became their first show. And, um, since then we've, we've moved away from Fango and, and we just kind of run it on our own sort of like you guys. And we just, you know, dick around and, and talk about movies and talk about horror films and talk about art, like individual things that have happened to us on movies. Cause they are, even though we're all doing the same thing, they're all just so different. Like Kane doing the stunt stuff, Felissa, you know, growing up in the eighties and doing like an iconic horror film, but then hadn't, you know, kind of broke away from it for a little bit. Like everybody's story is just sort of different. Um, and then we just talk about life and crap and Felissa likes to cry and tell sad stories. And I like to make fun of Kane and that's sort of just. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome. Uh, that's one of my favorite about doing just hearing all the stories. So I, I can only imagine listening to like Felissa just tell her stories. I bet that's uh, incredible to listen to. Uh, speaking of Victor Crowley, you seem to be still very close with everyone you filmed that movie with. Daniel Harris, Dave Sheridan. Can you tell us about working on that? Is there anything that made working on that film so special so you became close to everyone? Well, I mean, Danielle and I have been been friends for a while, and she's she's just she's the best man. That that chick's just a queen. Like, I mean, everyone loves Danielle. Right. Um, but with the Hatchet franchise, like I had known Adam Green for years. Um he, you know, just kind of like a lot of like the circle in LA, just people just know each other, whether they had worked together or not. Um, but he had asked me to be a part of one of his like Halloween shorts years and years ago. And I couldn't do it. And it was another one that was like, sort of like the wow wrestling thing. Like, man, I should have done that for Adam Green. Then I would have been in Frozen. Then I would have been in the Hatchet One, like, you know, but I, I couldn't do it. And, um, but we had remained friends and like all of a sudden you just, you know, we did scary sleepover and it was like, man, we really do need to find something to work together on. And he called me and was like, I have this, this script, but it's a secret and you can't tell anybody. And I'm like, Ugh. like, that means it's not going to happen. Like, that's what like literally like secret in movie world to me means we don't have the money. So we're not really making it. So we don't want to tell anybody about it yet. But I was like, all right, all right, Adam. And I read the script and mind you, it was such a fucking secret that the ending just cut off in the script. And I thought, oh, for sure. Spoiler alert. People say I die, but I don't think I die. But at the ending, I'm like, I must come back. And that's why he doesn't want to give me the end of this movie. <laughs> um, but that didn't happen. Anyhow, so we shot, which was um, Victor Crowley, a new hatchet film in secret. And uh, everybody on the set was friends. I mean... We didn't, I, or I personally didn't know uh, a lot of the cast yet. I mean, I knew obviously Felissa and Perry Shen because Perry was in the hazing with me. Um, and I knew Adam, but I didn't know Brian Quinn yet. Um, and I didn't know Dave Sheridan, um, obviously knew of all these people, but when you're on a project and, and it's very, very fast and you're shooting late at night and you're, you're not there like big budget movies where you're shooting for three months or something like that, where you have time to sort of have your own life and, and also find people that you hate. <laughs> like it's such a short amount of time that you just kind of love everybody and everyone's cool and it. And it is just a good time and you're moving really fast and everybody was such a pro on it that you just were like, man, this is, this was just a great time. Um, and, uh, 
I think because Brian Quinn was such a fan of the genre and like he talks about it all the time. He's such a huge fan that you just can't help but be like, like find him charming and, and fun to have around that you're like, oh, all right, you're, you're part of our world now, you know? Um, and so, yeah. So, I mean, it, I guess to answer your question, did we all become friends on it? I guess because everyone was just cool. Like, and I think that's kind of part of it. Like when you're making these sort of, indie low budget movies like you really don't have time to deal with dicks like or prima donnas or people that are just gonna just just give you a headache and you know not want to come out of their trailer because it's too cold like there's just not enough time it's it's not that like you don't want to really necessarily deal with it it's just you only have eight hours to film 20 pages like right so so I think a lot of it goes into the casting and who Adam found who everybody was just amazing like Laura Ortiz I think she's like the heroine in that film and she's adorable and charming and it's like you know it's it's all who you who you cast absolutely except uh, for kane he's a major dick and i don't know why they keep casting. <laughs> i'll cut that i'll cut that i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> uh all right so i've got to ask you about this film you got coming out you know killer babes a fr- uh, and the uh, frightening film fiasco which amazing name by the way uh you, you know <clears throat> Sorry, go ahead. No, uh, no, go ahead. I was just going to say we had Lisa Wilcox on last year. And and at that point, like with COVID, and I think she it even got pushed back before that, like she didn't really have a whole lot to say about it. So I wanted, you know, to see if maybe you had a little bit more to uh, to add, you know, kind of. I'm very interested. I mean, the name itself is just very intriguing. And so uh, with all these, you know, horror alum, I, I really want to know about this movie. <laughs> I, I do, too. And you are correct. It is a badass title. The director on that is a guy named Brent McMullen. Brent Mullen. Brent Mullen. Not McMullen. That's a cousin of mine. Um, <laughs> he, he, this dude came up with this idea that I thought was like, all right, when you know you first hear about it and you hear the title, it's like kind of hokey and silly. But like his vision for stuff and the way he directs and like the the shots that he sent to me ahead of time and like the wardrobe design was so thought out. Like it was not really truly was like no other indie film I'd ever been on. Um, Like he hyper designed this movie, but I went there to do a test shoot for the costume because I played this kind of crazy. I I don't even know. Like she's sort of like this warrior woman who, they're now following with like a, like a camera crew as like a survivalist. So like she's doing like her own survivalist show, but she actually grew up that way. Um, And she's just really strange, strange, weird character. But we, we had lots of things. Like I had, I had lots of weapons that I use and stuff like that. So they, they brought me out to, um, to do like a wardrobe kind of test and, and photo shoot to kind of go with the promo ads for this, this fictitious, fictitious reality show that she has. And I was supposed to come back two weeks later. And then we had a huge family tragedy, like the day before I was supposed to leave. And I called him and I was like, dude, this is what happened. I cannot come. I completely understand that you're going to have to recast someone and, and I wish you the best of luck and I'm so sorry. And you know, whatever, whatever. And this dude is such a great dude. was like, absolutely not. Fuck that. Like we'll never recast you. We will push. Well, we repushed. And just like Lisa Wilcox said to like the day, like the shutdown happened. <laughs> and, oh yeah. Jesus. <laughs> and this dude was like, are you fucking kidding me? 
So then he pushed it again to like midsummer, thinking like the rest of us, like optimistically, things will be better. And it was like when the second shutdown in LA happened, like we had like a good little bit. And then all of a sudden they were like, nope, our hospitals are shut down. So all of us in LA were like, dude, we we can't come. So this poor guy then, but he did have good news. He ended up like having a baby in between all this. That's how long this fucking movie has gone on. And so he had had good news and now had to push because he had a baby. The the baby's (laughs) starting middle school now. And yeah, you're about to And I'm going to be a very old warrior princess. Um, but, uh, But it's this wacky... I don't know, he just like filled it with tons and tons of genre folk and it's kind of part haunted movie. Like, I don't, my character comes in and it's like, she's like sort of her whole own thing that you're following. And she's with kind of one of the lead like kid characters trying to help him save the day. But uh, you name it, genre wise, like Scream Queens, they're in it. And um, and you're the Huntress Harley, right? Huntress Harley is your name? Got it. And um, I'm sure you can look on my Instagram or I could even send them to you that the images that we did for the character are just badass. Like she's just really, really cool. Um, so I, I hope it eventually gets made. I think, I think, uh, I don't know. Anytime that you have somebody that not only is like a genre fan and gets it and understands like, and, and really like a fan from way back, like, you know, early screen queen stuff to, to modern screen queen stuff um, to like all the Roger Corman stuff. Um, but also knows filmmaking. I think you're, you're just going to get like something great, you know? Um, and I think well, this kid can. So we'll see. Plus, plus all that time. I mean, he's had maybe to work on the script a little bit. I mean, I know, trust me, having a baby is you don't have any time to do shit, but, but you know, maybe, maybe the COVID time, he had a little bit of time to, to re, you know, kind of flush things out a little bit and, you know, maybe it's going to end up being better than ever. So um, I'm looking forward to it very much. So me too. Yeah. It'll be the uh, longest running ever pre-production film. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of films during the COVID times are going to have that, uh, two year or whatever pre-production all that no uh miss shepherds can you tell us about this day 14 little short you did with your kids oh my god so um so we like in in los angeles i mean i'm sure everywhere but los angeles march came and we locked down hard and because oh. i am a crazy insane horror movie fanatic i was like fuck it's the end of times i'm gonna order 500 pounds of beef and fill all the freezers and i'm locking shit up and i bought fucking tasers and (laughs) (laughs) i was like it's gonna be dark you know like where we're gonna have to be hunting for food kind of kind of scary um although my husband's like you're insane like it's it's gonna be okay and i'm like you never know i have powdered milk don't worry like um so i i think his way of making sure i didn't go completely insane was to uh say we need a a creative outlet (laughs) and it's like yeah our son made a fort and uh because it was covid and we weren't going anywhere we let him leave it up and like he made it like out of boxes like and it was two stories and it had like a slot for the ipad to go in and it it was pretty badass but it was one of those things if anyone's a parent you know that those forts are a pain in the ass and after like two days you're like take it down get rid of it 
But this one, because it was COVID, we let him keep it up for like weeks. Like, and we're moving things around it. Like I'm cleaning under it. Like it, it was such a disaster. So my husband came up with an idea for the short that it was like, you know, what, what would kids do if they were on their own in a time like this and not necessarily COVID because that's too dark and awful. So what do you think of things like zombies, <laughs> you know? Um, and so he wrote a film and uh was like you know hey we should just shoot this for fun like here in the house and and uh our kids got really into it and we're like you know i want to do wardrobe and i'm going to do this and i was like sweet and you know i'll do all the special effects which like my secret passion is special effects makeup so uh i was like this is gonna be great however i didn't i mean i should have known better my my husband doesn't just make movies for fun <laughs> <laughs> all of a sudden they're like slides coming to our house and dolly track and like oh I'm wow like, <laughs> I'm like, who's gonna do this he's like we are and i'm like oh this is gonna suck <laughs> he's taking this way seriously and there were amazing storyboards that he drew and it like legit shot lists and giant binders and so fast forward to day one, I can handle that because I've made lots of movies. My teenage daughter can handle that because she at the time was, you know, 15. Our seven-year-old son was like, what do you mean we have to do it again? This sucks. I hate dad. I hate you. I hate movies. Ah! <laughs> and that was on like day two. So we uh long i've already made the story too long i'm sorry but oh, basically we uh we made this short film where it's it's two kids who are taking care of their their sick mother who's upstairs in a room but for a lot of the movie you only hear mom you don't see her and you don't know what's going on with mom um and so they're sort of kind of taking care of themselves taking care of each other and it's not a horror film it's it's actually it's very sweet it's very Spielberg-esque like it's very like kind of just sweet and charming and a little scary and a little suspenseful but um I encourage everyone to like, give give it a shot um it's free like we put it up on like YouTube you can just find day 14 search Tiffany Shepis um but uh it, it just it came we did it and um when we were done we were like oh you know this is coming out really fucking good like let's see if any of our friends who are also home just want to play along. So Serena Vincent um, did a little cameo for us that she shot at her house. Uh, Perry Shen, our, our hazing and hatchet uh, alum and Felissa Rose did voices for us from their house. So did D Wallace Stone. Um, and uh, Ken Foray did a part that legitimately makes me cry. So if, if you want uh, uncle Ken Foray to, to make you cry, give it, give it a shot. It's really charming. And our kids are way better actors than I am. And that's <laughs> bullshit. And <laughs> never been more, uh, professionally jealous in my life of those little shits. Um, yeah, they're very, very good. And my husband did an amazing job considering our kids were not cooperative and, um, it, it was just cool. And it brought sort of like our, our little pod of community together too. Like, you know, we talked to our neighbors during COVID, but like we would do like six feet apart yard distance drinks. And uh, one day one of the, the neighbors was like, well, you know, we have a drone. My son knows how to fly his drone. And Sean's like, sweet. Can you be over to our backyard in an hour? And so like we got this amazing shot of like the whole neighborhood. And 
it, it just it it came out really really good so watch oh, it def- i'm def- definitely have to check that out absolutely and anybody listening go check that out uh, you know it's very different than your like typical sexy scream queen it's it's very sweet and charming and um it's just it's cool so watch it absolutely um Hey, you know, speaking of that, you have a few other projects either, you know, in post-production or coming out soon. You know, can you talk to us a little bit about those? I mean, you got North Knife Corp, uh, Happy Slashers, um, the Marshall Family. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff. You've you've always got some irons in the fire. So uh, you want to? There's always some crazy cool stuff going on. The Happy Slashers thing. Um, those guys are really cool. They're really trying hard to get this kind of animated horror series off the ground and. And uh, there's a lot of voices involved in that, which which are really, really, really cool. Um, and uh, working on some a lot of good, very fun voice stuff, which has been uh, a really good time, especially during COVID, since you know we still don't go too many places. Right. Uh, we have a. I don't even know if I could tell you about it yet, but I'll just tell you a little sneak about it. But we're doing. Oh shit, I don't even know if I can tell you. But we're doing something very, very cool that will be out for Halloween. Um, okay. Okay. And- yeah, there's just there's some fun voice stuff. There's also I did a audiobook for really cool genre authors. Uh Jace Anderson and Adam Girosh did a book called Graves Anatomy. And nice. it's full of monsters. And if you don't like to read, don't read. Listen to me read it to you. And it's it's a lot of fun and it's like super cheap on Amazon. Um, so you can give that a shot. And then also we have, you know, Casualty Friday, which we uh, we don't do as religiously as you guys because, like I said, my co-hosts can't ever get their shit together on schedule. <laughs> Maybe I'll have you guys come in and and be our fill-ins. <laughs> oh, oh, trust me. Like I said, we've tried. We've scheduled Felissa a few times, so I know her schedule's busy as hell. She's she's messaged me from the set sometimes. Be like, hey, I can't make it today. Can we reschedule? So I know she's I know she's. When busy. I book her for Casualty Friday, then we'll get her on your show. Okay, yeah, just call me up and I'll just be, we'll just act like we're on there. Um, I'll try and fill in for Kane if you ever need me to. Yep, right. <laughs> I'm sure I'm, I'm, like I'm sure I'm a big name puller like he is. <laughs> just hey everyone, it's Casualty Friday. That's it. <laughs> He wasn't he wasn't like that when we had him on. He was he was very personable. I really it was a really good time. He's, he's the best. He's a lot of fun. He he it's it's funny because he does he takes a, a lot of shit from us on the show. Um, <laughs> I bet but he does. Stories, like the amount of movies that he's done, especially on the stunt side, it's just like every time we talk on our show, we're like, wait, you were in that? Wait, you were in that? Like, and it's just. It's crazy, and his stories and his memory of the people that he he's worked with it's it's unbelievable. So I mean they're they're a great team, and um, you know we're we're approaching our third season, which we actually said we would take suggestions from fans, and if you shout out your city to us, we're gonna put them all in a big fishbowl, and for next year's season premiere, we're gonna go to that city and actually record from that city with that fan um and do a tour of like their haunted places or whatever so you know shout out some tallahassee or some pensacola and maybe we'll come do it from there hey pensacola lighthouse had uh had all kinds of ghost hunter shows come on there so hey come on come on over there you go 
Yeah, let's see. All right. So just just shifting gears. And this is just kind of a fun little question that we honestly started started asking with Lisa Wilcox. You know, I know we've already brought her up earlier, but um, ever since then, we've had some pretty funny responses, um, especially Kane Hodder's actually was was pretty funny. I don't know, something about somebody rubbing his nipples or something. I don't know, something crazy. <laughs> but uh, but, uh, you know, you frequent horror movie conventions, of course. So do you have like a, what's the oddest or just weirdest thing that you've ever you know witnessed or maybe experienced at one of those things? Oh, man. I don't know. I mean, I, I think I don't really get super weirded out by much. Um, I mean, I guess there's a lot of weird shit that happens with Kane and those guys. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, my people that come to hang out with me are pretty cool. So I don't, I don't have too much super crazy. Um, there's just some shit that I just don't get. Like... You know, uh, I did have a dude that uh, came to me and he had made, specially made, a miniature, like, action figure of himself and and wanted me to, like, break that shit. And it became very apparent at first, like, he was showing off his little mini action figure of himself. I'm like, oh, that's pretty rad, dude. Like, you know, how'd you do that? 3D printing? Blah, blah, blah. Like... And then it became really obvious, like, oh, this is your thing. Like, you want me to, like, oh. make your action figure because you're into it. Like, oh. And I don't judge. I don't care what gets people off. Do you do you. It was just one that I was like, that's different. Right, <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. So I guess I could say I thought that was a little strange. But um, possibly because I'd never seen that before. <laughs> like, really wanted people to humiliate his mini action figure of himself. Yeah, I would. I, I would chalk that up. That that ranks right up there. So yeah, that was that was a very good one. <laughs> but like under the guise of like, what would you? What would happen to this little man in a horror film? And of course, I'm like, your little dude would fuck shit up, sort of like Trilogy of Terror. And I don't think that was the answer he wanted (laughs) (laughs) he didn't want to be the winner oh gotcha yeah yeah so that that's it that's what i got oh yeah fish episode i just want to thank you for joining us for on the show uh before we go is there anything else that you'd like to plug maybe shout out your social medias or any other upcoming projects you haven't mentioned um upcoming stuff well we have a lot of really 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 cool scream queen stuff uh i don't know if you check out my instagram me danielle harris scout taylor compton and serena vincent have been doing some really very very fun things that again it sounds like bullshit to be like i can't tell you about it i mean i can they're photo shoots for something um but uh lots of stuff like that we have the book uh, we have a spooky Halloween album coming out. Um, you can just listen and check out my stuff on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. I'm under Tiffany Shepis or Tiffany Shepis Tretta. And um, also make sure you continue listening to Don't Go Out There. My absolute favorite podcast besides Captain Friday. Um, don't go out there. Tiffany Shepis. Make sure you listen to it. Tell your friends. Subscribe to it. And um, I don't know. Keep being weird. Right. She, lo- she loves the podcast more than I do. 
Yeah, keep being weird, guys. Just do not bring action figures anymore to these things and break them. Just let's not let's not do that. <laughs> bring an action figure and like let's hang out with it. Not yeah. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> Well, thank, thank you so, you so much. much. This was a blast. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, thank you, guys. Yeah. This was a lot of fun. I hope it wasn't sucky and boring. No, absolutely not. So <laughs> we'll, we'll definitely have to have you back on sometime, especially when, especially when the uh, the uh, fiasco comes out at some point. Like, we definitely want to have you on and talk about that, maybe. <laughs> yes. Uh, 2047 uh, will okay. be a date. <laughs> we'll be on episode 135. All right. So. <laughs> well, thank you again very much. Thank Bye, you guys. very much. Bye-bye. And I uh, just want to remind everybody to uh, don't go out there.